Welcome to The Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Hey, what's up? How's it going? And doodly Lori. Well, hello, boys. You know, even on a rainy day, I like to come in here and be a little bit of sunshine. <laughs> always, mm-hmm. always. And today on this episode, we decided to dedicate this entire show, well, not the show, this episode, to a certain man, a man of many talents, a jack of trades, if you will. If you will. (laughs) We are talking about Jack Black. I don't know who doesn't know about Jack Black. You should, because he's pretty big on the internet now as Jablinski Games, but for those that don't know him, well, we decided to kind of run down his life, his history, his movies, a celebration of Jack Black. And before we get started, overall impressions of the man. He sings, he dances, he acts. Uh, again, a man of many talents. I grew up with all of his movies. The most notable one being Kung Fu Panda, but of, of course I've known him from the Kids' Choice Awards, which he hosted a number of times, <laughs> and that just really brings him into the forefront of the Nickelodeon audience. Mm-hmm. And with Nacho Libre, you know, growing up with him, he was just all—he was just this guy that we always knew, like, oh, it's Jack Black, and he was so charismatic, he's so energetic. I don't know how he does it because he still has that same energy to this day. Lori, are you a fan of the Jable? <laughs> the Jable? Uh, I, I'm a huge Jack Black fan. Um, I've known him, like, for years. I've known him since he was playing those little bit parts when he was younger as the bully, you know, when he was really younger. and Never-ending story three. <laughs> Never-ending story three, exactly. I was trying to think of, I was like, wait, what early movie do I remember him being that bully? But yeah, that's what it was. It was Never-ending story three. And then, you know, to see him come up and play those side characters and uh, always knowing his range and everything, he always had the the most energy. He When he came out, I think people were like, wow, like he's very reminiscent of a Chris Farley because mm. it was that massive energy, you know, even though he was a larger guy, like they know that they're funny. They know that using that they can be funny, which he really capitalized on Trop- Tropic Thunder. I freaking loved him in Tropic Thunder. I also one of one of my favorite roles with him. Um, he used to do uh, this show called I don't know if y'all know. It was with David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Yes, and it was on HBO and it was called The Show Mr. with show. Bob and Dave. Yeah, there you go, Mr. Show with yeah. Bob and Dave. And they brought on this little side band every once in a while that nobody heard about called Tenacious D. And the second I saw Tenacious D, I've been a Tenacious D fan since I saw them on Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. And I absolutely loved them. I knew all of the lyrics to their songs. <laughs> yeah, but I loved them. Uh, and, you know, I that's when I realized how much of a musical person he was. Everybody knows High Fidelity with John Cusack. And he played that little sidekick who, like, knew everything about music and albums. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's my spirit animal. <laughs> And then everything he's done during this pandemic, you know, he's been putting out so many videos to lift people's spirits. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and yeah, just incredible. Yeah, well, let's kind of start from the beginning. Oh, well, not from the beginning, beginning, but I do want to say uh, Jack Black, also known as Thomas Jacob Black, that's his real name. He was born wow. on August 28th, 1969. I mean, of course, Jack Black would be perfect born on the year 1969. And also, I did not. I did so much research on him. I listened to GQ interviews, H3H3 podcast interview he did. So many uh, hot ones <laughs> recently right now. But this is so funny. His parents were satellite engineers. I would have never guessed that. And he is actually, uh, I didn't know about this either. And he was talking about it. The Jew- Jewish community, uh, they only deem you as full Jewish if your mother is a uh, full Jewish, which she is, and his father actually converted to Judaism for the mother, and he was also intrigued by the religion as well. But he actually rebelled, and he went to UCLA to study acting. Uh, the, Jack Black is a huge theater guy. I had no idea about this, but he had a lot of experience in college, and actually. He met Tim Robbins as a UCLA alum. Tim Robbins actually graduated uh, and Jack Black dropped out to pursue acting further in his own way. But him and Tim Robbins' relationship, there it was so great that Tim Robbins actually had him on and they would tour around the country and Europe going on these acting gigs. And there he met Kyle Gass, who is the other half of Tenacious D., and their relationship, Kyle Gass and Jack Black, wasn't so good at first. Actually, Kyle Gass has admitted that he was threatened by his talent because Jack Black came in so young. And Kyle Gass is a little bit older than Jack Black, but they bonded on the road. And Kyle Gass actually taught him how to play guitar. And from there, wow. Tenacious D was about to be born because, uh, Lori, like you said, Tenacious D going on the Mr. Show, that's no coincidence because in downtown LA, Kyle Gass was the house band, or actually the one-man band, and Jack Black joined him. And after a few shows, David Cross was in the audience, and he wanted him to jump on a developing show that would become Mr. Show. And Bob Odenkirk was the other half of that duo. And I think I believe Bob Odenkirk just came off of the Ben Stiller show as a writer and actor. And also Bob Odenkirk was a writer on SNL. So we get Mr. Show and Tenacious D is born. And they were born in 1994, which is my birth year. Not bragging, just pointing that out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, and then during Mr. Show and Tenacious D's run in the late 90s, John Cusack was a fan of Tenacious D and he wanted Jack Black in High Fidelity. So it's just a domino effect how quickly Jack Black's career just just exploded. You know, like coming from parents that are satellite engineers. And he said, nope, I'm going to go to L.A., become an actor. And he met Tim Robbins. Through Tim Robbins, he met Kyle Gass. Kyle Gass and him formed Tenacious D. They got into Mr. Show with David Cross and Bob Odenkirk and John Cusack got him on to the role of High Fidelity. And that pretty much, I would say that was his breakout role. 
Absolutely. I think to this day, it's one of his more memorable ones because it's just that quintessential character of, you know, that that music snob, that one who knows all about it and judges you for certain records. That, that guy in the record store, you know, you go in and buy a record and they make you feel like, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know nothing about music. What are you coming in here for? I just love it. It's a great role. Yeah. Great and role. in between actually before getting on Mr. Show and dropping out from UCLA, you're right. He was doing all these one little bit parts. I know he was an extra on Demolition Man with Sylvester mm -hmm. Stallone and so many other things like we mentioned, Never Ending Story 3, so on and so forth. But yeah, High Fidelity was finally, aside from Tenacious D, he was actually a star in the forefront this time around. And then he went on to, I think the next year he came out in Shallow Hell, which I actually like. Yeah. I love Shallow Hell. Despite the controversy, yeah. I love Shallow Hell. Hey, he's working with the Farley Brothers. I mean, you go from high fidelity to working with the Farley Brothers. I mean, that's or this guy's blessed. I don't know. I'm sure he prays to the rock gods, but <laughs> he truly is blessed. And then we get into, I would say, a, a minor role, but it is... It's a huge step in his career even further, and that is Orange County with Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks. Yeah, and again, Colin Hanks was a fan of his, and they wanted him on. And that was directed by Jake Kasdan, who would later on direct Jumanji 2 and 3. You see Colin Hanks and... Wow. Yeah, work. It, it's, it's so cool with, like, Hollywood. Like, there's one side of, like, being high up in the mountains, you know, high class fancy schmancy but then you get like the the underbelly of hollywood these creatives all working Where together everyone's just making movies with their friends yeah and that's how it seemed and a writer on orange county was mike white and we'll talk about him a little bit later and the producer of orange county his name is scott rudin who had scott rudin productions who made orange county and scott rudin loved jack black so much in that uh, supporting role that he went up to Mike White, the writer, saying, we need to lead this guy. Like, he needs, he's a star. We need a movie for him. And that was the birth of School of Rock. See, and I was about to say, like, it's almost like this role was written for him. He's perfect. You could not have cast, if you did cast another person as Dewey Finn, it would have been a completely different movie. Jack Black was the perfect person for this movie. And he's working with John Cusack's sister in this mm -hmm. one. John Cusack, yeah. And yeah, it's funny how it all comes into play. Mike White coming from Orange County they and producer Scott Rudin both wanted to make him the lead. They wrote School of Rock, but it wasn't until they reached out to Richard Linkletter where the script got a second draft because when Richard Linkletter came in, the script was a little bit more comedic, kind of like A Shallow Hell. And for those who know Richard Linkletter, he directed Days and Confused, most recently Boyhood. Uh, the Sunset Trilogy. Yeah, so he likes things a lot more grounded. So Richard Linkletter and Mike White went through a second draft, and I think it was for the better. Uh, I would say School of Rock is peak Jack Black. Quintessential. Yeah, and he would say it himself. Actually, he got a Golden Globe nomination in the comedy musical category and losing to bill murray for lost in translation wow yeah but i mean school of rock 
So my personal history, I remember watching this movie in theaters. I was nine years old. And this movie, funny, this movie was actually trending most recently. I think it was mm-hmm. the scene where he's talking to the heavyset girl who's, she's insecure about going on stage and performing. And that's where he does a whole speech about, you know, confidence and all that. Hey, Jack Black, he's the most confident person I know. And I haven't even met the guy. He just illuminates uh, confidence. And I, and I love him for that. I think that it's really interesting. You just mentioned about how he was nominated in the same category as Bill Murray. I think that as of this moment, yes, I think that School of Rock is that quintessential role. But I think that there's a lot more that we're going to see out of him, kind of like a Bill Murray. Mm. Uh, And I think that when he gets older, that there's more to come because he's a comedian. He's comedic, yes, but there's a lot of depth to him. I think his role is still out there for him, the one that we're going to see, much like Bill Murray. Everybody thought that Bill Murray had seen his heyday, you know, with Ghostbusters and Caddyshack and all those movies, and then he started to really hit on all of these movies. And then in the 80s, he started doing Scrooged, And he started going downhill in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, 2000s come up or late 90s, 2000 and boom, Oscar for Lost in Translation as this washed up comedic actor who's now doing Japanese liquor commercials. (laughs) And he won the Oscar for it. So I think that we have yet to truly see his potential. I think there's a lot more in him. But I love School of Rock. It's amazing. I had actually never seen School of Rock before yesterday. I have no idea how I had never sat down and watched this. Being the target demographic when it came out, I, it was always on Nickelodeon. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it later. I, something about it just never really caught my attention. I was like, oh, it's Jack Black. I had always known Jack Black as being that kind of character. So I was like, oh, okay, it's Jack Black. I know what I'm getting with this, even at that age. Um, So I just kind of never watched it. But holy crap, this is a masterpiece. It made me cry. The scene where they're actually performing at the Battle of the Bands, and I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. That whole moment, the movie's building up to it the entire time, and it's so well executed. It's so well crafted. It's perfection. It's not the best movie in the world, of course, but like, you cannot understate how important this movie is for him personally and just in general. You know, you've got Miranda Cosgrove and you have all those great kid actors in it and Joan Cusack, Sarah Silverman, that whole thing. It's it's a great movie. It's so good. And I, I'm so disappointed in myself that I never saw it sooner because I have been missing out. And writer Mike White being the <laughs> the roommate <laughs> i thought it was uh, that was one of my favorite roles uh when i was a kid i just how <laughs> just a pushover <laughs> that guy is and actually school of rock i remember growing up being obsessed with that movie for like the next two years after it came out actually school of rock the soundtrack was the first cd i had ever bought with my own money and my mom gifted me a CD player, and I, like, my mom will tell you, she was annoyed with how much I replayed that entire <laughs> soundtrack. Funny story about the soundtrack, Richard Linkletter, when he was making Days and Confused, contacted Led Zeppelin to use a song, and they denied it. And so Richard Linkletter asked Jack Black, like, hey, can you please beg Led Zeppelin to use the immigrant song. Led Zeppelin is ve- is notorious <laughs> for never sharing their music. Yeah, well, Jack Black 
and a group of extras, they all made a funny video begging them. And Led Zeppelin thought it was funny. And they said, go ahead. And it's one of the most memorable moments in that movie. <laughs> Actually, you're talking about the last song at the end of the movie. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. Jack Black had a lot of say in the songs that were coming out or that they were being used in the movie. And yet he had a very hard time coming up with the last song. The song that was used wow. for Battle of the Bands. And this was during the shoot. Like they were, I think, more than halfway done with shooting. And he was nervous because they were kind of relying on Jack Black to come up with that last song. And it wasn't until Jack Black had went to see The Strokes. And there was a band called The Mooney Suzuki that opened for them. And he just loved their whole style, their tone. And he thought it fit perfectly for the movie and so he went backstage after the show and was like hey i love you guys i have a couple of lyrics here and i want to see if you could come up with something amazing and he said they're never going to contact me we still have like two more weeks or three more weeks of shooting and lo and behold the next day they dish out the song that song i played so much at home the whole cd but that song uh, i still love it i get goosebumps every time i listen to it I still think it's his best movie. I really do. I, I think today it is. I, I think it kind of reminds us that qu what quintessentially what a teacher is supposed to be. We sit here uh, day in and day out. And I think as a parent, you know, whenever the pandemic happened and our kids went online, it went to a lot of Zoom. It went to a lot of, I think the parents finally kind of got a little bit of a glimpse into what their kids sit in on every day. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very honest with you. There were very few that impressed me. And a lot of the teachers kind of drone and they're there giving the lessons. They're they're very much paying attention to if somebody, you know, has has their screen on or if somebody has a funny name on their Zoom uh, and about rules and regulations. And we have to get this done today. But none of them are truly engaging with the students. And at first I tried to to say, well, it is Zoom. It's not in person. So maybe I'm just not, maybe it's a different thing. And that's, I think, a defense most of them would go to. But then there was those teachers who just went above and beyond. I remember there was um, a coach. It was a P, I don't think it was a P coach. He was a P coach, but he was a history teacher. And mm -hmm. they logged Such on. Texas. I know. They <laughs> logged on for history one day and my son was sitting there and they as long as their name were on there and they were in attendance and as long as they didn't have a funny name on there, they'd be like, oh, you don't have to turn your screen on if you don't want to. You know, it wasn't mandatory. He sat there and every student he was like, OK, let's take roll. He went down the list. And if a student had his camera off and Aiden, my son, usually did, and he'd be like, hey, Aiden, what you doing? I'm good. Hey, turn your camera on for a second, man. Look, my hair's messed up, too. Just turn it on for a second, man. Come on. And you, you don't have to keep it on, but just turn it on for a second. And Aiden turned on his camera. and He's like, hey, buddy. Oh, I like your hair. Ha, ha, ha. Hey. And they're like joking around. And what's that? What's that? You know, are you wearing a SpongeBob shirt? <laughs> and then I realized what he was doing. He spent about five minutes with each kid. And some of them would turn their cameras off and some of them would turn them back on. But, you know, a lot of statistics came out whenever kids were forced to start to learn online as opposed to face to face about child abuse rates going up oh, yeah. and about in-home incidents going up and about how many kids they get breakfast and lunch at school and that's their consistent meal. And they get a break. They get out of, you know, some kids who are in bad home environments, that's their time to get out and to get away from it for a little while. 
And that teacher, I, I, I noticed what he was doing and he did it every day. He spent that time and then he would be like, okay guys. And he's like, everything's explained to you on the pages that I left. You just have to read the directions. If anybody has any problems, reach out to me. He only spent about 10 minutes on the lesson itself and what they were going to do and what they had to watch and what they had to complete because he was trying to, he was engaging in each one of his kids because he was trying to make sure they were okay. And my heart just completely melted because you have teachers and then you have teachers. Yeah. And that's what this school of rock reminds me of. It's that quintessential. He wasn't even a real teacher, but the things that he taught those kids. And um, I, I think that I think that's important. I think that's an important message. Yeah. Yeah. We need a lot more Ned Schneebly's in the world. Definitely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, I think what what benefited from this movie, especially with Jack Black and Richard Linkletter, is that they both come from theater backgrounds. So what my favorite scene of the entire movie is when they're jamming for the first time in the classroom. It's when he shows the kid the guitar riff and then he adds the drums and adds the bass. And then, you know, he gets the ensemble all going together. And you'll notice it's all one take. And the reason for that is they all rehearsed that for a couple days leading into it. So it felt like a blocking theater stage that the front of the classroom he Jack Black was saying like it felt like I was doing theater again. It felt like I was blocking, I was staging everything, and uh, it all just came together. And Richard Linklater, I mean, he just amazing director in implementing the theater side of things, and I think it benefited a lot to this movie. Just so many layers this movie has. Yeah, you could you could write an essay that's like a hundred pages and you could still go on about everything that this movie is saying and doing it. it this movie's incredible. Yeah. All right. And then after the, the huge success, this one was financially and critically praised on all cylinders. This was again, his big movie and his agent came to him and said, okay, who, what do you want to do next? And he said, I just finished watching return of the King. So if, if Peter Jackson's doing anything, you know, let 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 him know I'm interested, and that's how we got King Kong. And whoever wants to listen to that review, go a couple episodes down the road, and you'll see it there. And whether or not how I feel about Jack Black in that role, it's just amazing that he's getting these opportunities. You know, Richard Linklater, Peter Jackson, all these different people he's already been able to work with, and I still think he's early, if not like just reached the surface of his career. And then we move on to <laughs> Nacho Libre, <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not the best if you ask the critics, but this comes from Jared Hayes, who directed Napoleon Dynamite. And Jared Hayes approached Jack Black, and Jack Black loved Napoleon Dynamite and said, yeah, I'd love to work with you. And Jack Black brought on Mike White, who wrote Skull of Rock, to co-write this script too and i mean who doesn't quote nacho libre that's that's what i want to know i don't know i'm trying to question whether or not this movie could be made today because obviously jack black so. is not hispanic and he even said it's uh it's it was a very spicy role <laughs> he uh <laughs> he was he was very hesitant when the uh, writers said, oh, it's about a Hispanic priest in Mexico who wants to be a wrestler. And he was like, uh, but I'm not Mexican. By the way, I'm Mexican, for those who don't know. And I could have sworn Jack Black 
had some Mexican blood in him. <laughs> I mean, he's invited to the carne guisada any day. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> any day. Any dang day. I love him. I love him in this movie. He's great. I know he paid a lot of respect to the culture, and I respect him for that. So I'm not offended by this movie. I love this movie, and a lot of us fellow Mexicans <laughs> love this movie, let me tell you. And I'm a big wrestling fan, too. So Jack Black, pro wrestling, throw a little bit of Mexican flair in there. I'm all in. This movie is perfect yeah, in my Jack eyes. Yeah, Jack Black's like after your heart, dude. He really is. Like It was great growing up with all these movies with him. I, I just adored him. He's on my Mount Rushmore comedians. Yes, I love this movie. Love, love, love it. You're always in the mood to watch Nacho Libre. It's one of the most, most quotable movies that he was in. Uh, talk about memes galore. <laughs> there is a meme in here for every occasion. And I've yeah. used it. I use at least one Nacho Libre meme a week. At least. <laughs> at least. I love, love, love. I had actually, again, just saw this movie for the first time uh, last year uh, over quarantine. Oh, wow. Even then. Yeah. Last year. Uh, Azure, it's one of her favorite movies. <laughs> and she's like, "You, how have you not seen this? We're watching this right now. And again, I get it. It's... It's not my favorite Jared Hayes movie. If that's Napoleon Dynamite. But again, you can't understate this movie enough. This movie is beautiful to look at. Yeah, There are certain shots here. And of course, it's being shot in Mexico City. So you have the mountains in the back. But there's some shots here that are just glorious to look at. And you add in <laughs> Jack Black's improv comedy flair in there. And it just works. Every, every scene is <laughs> just perfect i don't care what the critics say i don't even know the rotten tomato score on this and i don't i never want i don't care it's a hundred percent in my eyes <laughs> this movie's great it's, it's perfect it's great and uh for those listening what's your favorite nacho libre quote what are your favorite quotes i'll tell you mine and it's not even from jack black it's from uh, it's where Esqueletor is upstairs <laughs> at the daughter of the mansion's room and she just mouths, I love you. And <laughs> I think it's my favorite one because I do it all the time. <laughs> Whenever I make eye t contact with my girlfriend, I just like mouth, I love you. <laughs> and she does the same thing that Escalado does. Like, what? <laughs> it's, I don't know why. It's one of my favorite. Among many. Get that corner out of my face is probably the most notable one out of this entire movie. If anyone knows a quote from this movie, it's that one. And that actually came from... That came from Jack Black. He said he wanted, throughout the movie, he was finding a chance to say that line. Because he had it in his back pocket. He's like, I want to say it, get that corn out of my face. And he was waiting and they set it up. <laughs> I think, uh, especially with quarantine and being a mom who loves her yoga pants, it's definitely is that sometimes a man has to wear stretchy pants. <laughs> I think I say that one every day when I'm in yoga pants and my kids <laughs> my look sweats. at me and say, mom, yoga pants again. <laughs> Here's another funny trivia story for you guys. So during one of the scenes in the wrestling ring, Jack Black jumps off the the turnbuckle. Actually, I think it's at the end where he does like the little flying thing all the way to the wrestler that's trying to get away at the end. He actually fell on a chair and he actually slit the space between his eye and his eyebrow all the way across. And he had to rush him to the hospital. And the producers were like, 
we need him. We're not done filming. We need, he doesn't need surgery. He needs a plastic surgeon. And so, and they're in Mexico City and they called up the best surgeon in all of Mexico. And it just so happened that she was at a very fancy event. So the surgeon showed up in a beautiful gown and she performed plastic surgery on him. And I didn't even notice this until he brought it up, but now I can't unsee it. There's a slight scar between the space of his eye and his eyebrow, right below his eyebrow. So anytime you see him post Nacho Libre, you'll see a scar. And I had not noticed at all. They did a fantastic job, but I just thought that was that was fun. <laughs> not for Jack Black, but just fun trivia. And these two movies, back to back, both have the climax with him jumping off of the stage or the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. I, I Those moments are like, again, it, it, tear jerkers. I mean, I would normally ask like your ratings for all these movies, but I frankly don't no, care because they're them. all amazing. They're 20s, they're 11s, they're 100 out of 10. <laughs> I love them all. Jack Black, come on the show. <laughs> Please. If there's one guy I would love to genuinely hang out with, it would be Jack Black. He seems like through all the things he's been through, I mean, he's worked with Peter Jackson and all these different people, and he still seems so humble and just so full of life. I actually have a story, a Jack Black story. So uh, actually, a shout out to Sergio Martinez, really good friend of mine. He's an actor out in L.A. He uh, booked a UPS print. So there's going to he's going to be in a couple of, you know, opening a advertisement for UPS and there's going to be Sergio. Oh, cool. So he just booked that. And uh, he actually when he was down uh, here, he uh, had an audition for Disney, a couple of other things. Uh, He says auditions are starting to pick up in L.A. again, which is really good news. Great. And yeah, he's just kind of, you know, down here telling me about how he fared during the pandemic because everybody struggled. All these actors struggled. But before the pandemic hit, a couple of years back, he was uh, lucky enough to be cast in a movie. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. He was cast as dishwasher slash cook in the kitchen, which most interestingly enough, uh, he had to be the sous chef slash cook that was working alongside Jack Black's character in that movie. Now, this movie, if you've never seen it, uh, is based on the animator uh, cartoonist who uh, was an alcoholic. He uh, had an accident where he became a paraplegic um, and he, he went through the program as a paraplegic, getting himself clean and getting sober and all that other good stuff. Jack Black played this guy's friend who was actually driving when they got into the accident. Like he's the one who was driving and caused the accident that paralyzed Joaquin Phoenix's character. So it's years after uh, Joaquin Phoenix is dealing with stuff. He goes to see his friend um, in the restaurant to go and talk to him because he's doing the steps and all this other stuff. So when he's going to go in the kitchen, Jack Black's supposed to be there working with his people in the restaurant. He's a cook now. And Joaquin Phoenix is supposed to be coming in. Well, Sergio had to shoot this, this scene with him. And Sergio had already signed the paperwork, but he had no lines. None of them did. They said, you'll worry about saying anything. You don't have to respond. And Jack Black, you know, they, the directors kind of walked back and Jack Black starts talking to all of them. 
And they said, all right, Jack, we're going to get ready to, to film. And uh, they start film and he tells him, he's like, no, talk back to me. It'll help me. It'll help me like get into character. So he starts conversations that are off script with these extras like Sergio and like these other actors and stuff. And then, of course, Joaquin Phoenix comes in, does his scene. Well, every time they take another take, like they're wondering, OK, do we keep doing it? And Jack Black's telling all the extras, no, if please, please engage in me. So Sergio said he started having a lot of fun after a few takes and uh, they were joking around. He was he was, you know, they were kind of bickering back and forth in Spanish. And Jack Black even <laughs> went back at him in Spanish, like just repeating him like, ah, you know, and, uh, he said just a really nice, welcoming environment, just a really great person to work with on set afterwards they cut he was congratulating the crew he said they did a great job and he left then very annoyed production and crew people came over with a stack full of paperwork (laughs) that they had to get all of the extras to sign because these were all extras who they had hired to do a non-speaking extra role and because he engaged with all of them they didn't know if they were going to have to keep something in for the movie for it to make sense in in the editing room so they all had to sign papers of somebody who had a speaking role and they had to pay them more great guy jack black and he said he felt like so honored by it he was so nervous they all got cut he he the movie came out and said he was like oh i wasn't in there at all you see the back of his head and the side of his face you know when he's cutting some stuff up but uh they ended up none of the extras made their lines in the movie so they can't put an imbd that's what that means but he said that um he said that he sent him a follow-up email to jack black himself because he wanted to thank him and just thank him for the opportunity and he said, he said, no problem. He goes, I remember exactly how it was. He's, and he was like, he goes, yeah. He goes, they were probably really annoyed, but he goes, I always do that. He goes, you always want to try and give somebody a chance. That reminds me of Tim Robbins' directorial debut with Bob Roberts, I believe that was the movie. Yes. Because Tim Robbins and him had such a great relationship that he wanted him to be, and he, I think he's only in that one scene where he's meeting Tim Robbins in the movie, but it's, it's just, you know. Tim Robbins gave him that chance. And I think, you know, Jack Black, he, he's humble and he, he just wants to pay it forward. Also, like his improv theater background, that's why he's always like every time he's on, he wants to engage with everybody in the room, everybody on the stage. And I, I that's remarkable. It's uh just shows how true of a artist he is. And again, uh, who directed that movie? Uh, Gus Van Sant. Right. Yes. Yes. Goodwill Hunting. Again, Mm -hmm. he's working with quality directors throughout his entire career. And that's great. Yeah. You don't get any sense of narcissism from him. Like if anyone should be narcissistic, it's Jack Black. (laughs) He can do anything and he does everything. But the fact that he's still like this humble guy and he's still this fun loving dude this far and this late in his career it's admirable, and you really don't find that many people in Hollywood like that. Yeah. He's a treasure from all aspects. And that same year that Nacho Libre came out, another favorite movie of mine, Tenacious D, The Pig of Destiny, comes out. And he finally gets to make a movie about his band. And Jack Black has been very selective on his roles when it comes to his persona, because he's always wanted to separate those two worlds, his rock and roll life with his acting career. Uh, I mean, maybe aside from obviously high fidelity and uh, yeah, school of rock as well. But here he got to 
write his own movie too. And for those who don't know, Tenacious D, I mean, well, I'm sure there's people out there who don't know Tenacious D because of what they sing about. Funny story about that. My first experience with Tenacious D was leading into School of Rock because my brother, my oldest brother, he was into Tenacious D. He was like gung-ho about it. And he listened to the album, one of their albums, and it was about the devil. And this is an eight-year-old kid <laughs> listening to Jack Black sing about the devil. I was kind of scared going into School of Rock <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but uh, I think at the time I was old enough to kind of already comprehend <laughs> what was going on in my life and to enjoy Tenacious D. Thinking about it now, I shouldn't have been watching that movie. <laughs> uh, actually, this movie is stacked with a big yeah. cast. Watching it recently, I, I haven't seen it in a while. And Amy Adams makes a random, like not even a cameo. She's like an extra in this movie. She plays one of those audience members while they sing. Uh, Tim Robbins is in this movie again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a it's a nice uh, group going around. Fred Armisen, Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. You have a uh, John C. Riley as Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite cameos is Ben Stiller as the Guitar Center yeah. employee. <laughs> I loved him. Oh, a uh, Meatloaf. Meatloaf gets to play his dad. Oh my God, that is That's him! Meatloaf Holy at crap! The beginning. That's so freaking awesome. Also, I didn't know this until. Yesterday, David Grohl from the Foo Fighters plays Satan. Satan, I had you. You don't even recognize him. No, <laughs> I remember. Being, I knew that. <laughs> I was so terrified of that scene when it, that movie first came out. Uh, now it's funny to me, but I remember back then. I that's when I stopped watching the movie. <laughs> when they get to the bar or the club, I was like, "Okay, Devil's coming out." Um, <laughs> pause. <laughs> take out the movie. But yeah, this movie was financially a disaster. And it was critically panned. So funny because Jack Black and Kyle Gass, they were talking about how much marketing they did. They had gone to SNL. They performed. They went to all these media outlets. They they went everywhere to promote this movie. And it kind of reminds me of Scott Pilgrim versus the world where all the marketing behind it, it, it seemed like it was going to be a box office hit and it fell. But I would say this movie is a cult classic if you will. Definitely. Yeah, it's been how many years? About It's been 15 years since this movie came out. Wow. Which is kind of crazy to think about now. That's so cool that Jack Black has a cult classic movie under his belt too, among other things. People, I, I, well, no, people do appreciate Jack Black's musical talents. I feel like people <laughs> know him more as an actor than a, than a musician. And every, like, I feel like if you if someone didn't know that he was a musician and heard him sing, it's like, wait, Jack Black's a really good singer? Like, what? Like, he did this, uh, he did a performance, uh, or he sang the Star Spangled Banner at an NBA game. And it's like the best live Star Spangled Banner performance I've ever heard. And it's by Jack Black. Truly, Jack of all trades. Oh, yeah. And then Tropic Thunder. He was great in that. Amazing. And then also that same year, uh, Kung Fu Panda comes out. And at this point, he's like just... It's crazy how Tenacious D and Kung Fu Panda are two years apart. But like, he went from like stoner comedy to like family friendly. <laughs> I mean, that was the driving force of the entire movie with the marketing that Jack Black was voicing the Kung Fu Panda. That was the mm -hmm. entire selling point. So... He's versatile. He's <laughs> He could do it all. There's nothing he can't do. And I recently watched Kung Fu Panda. That movie too, beautifully animated, 
one of the best DreamWorks uh, movies. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, the animation, uh, even for two, it's super unfortunate. I was saying this the entire time I was watching it again uh, last night. Saw this in the theater, and I fell in love with it. It's super unfortunate that this came out the same year as Wally, because I feel like if it didn't, then it would have won. Like the best animated feature. Th- this is a great movie. The animation's there, the voice talent's there. Uh, which, by the way, I think like this one definitely wouldn't get made today, because seven out of the ten characters are white, and only three are. <laughs> of Asian descent in a movie that takes place in China. Yeah. But not to say that this is a bad movie. This, Like you said, this is like one of the best DreamWorks movies. It's so good. The message behind it, like there, there is no secret ingredient. There are no accidents. It's such a great message for kids. And Jack Black has always been pioneering that. You don't need to be this special, like the dragon warrior. You don't have to like be this perfect being you just have to be yourself there there is no secret ingredient just be yourself and you'll you'll achieve anything yeah and that's what jack black's whole message like everything he's been in it's always been about hope hope within yourself Mm -hmm. and to just reach your full potential and just believe in yourself and forge your own path yeah and he he really did his history and (laughs) his upbringing and fighting all that and just to pursue acting that's crazy too. Like, he's musically talented, but he was going for acting. I, you, I would have thought he would have gone to music school. I mean, he has four albums, two Grammys with Tenacious D, and a Golden Globe nomination. And I still feel like there's no stopping for Jack Black. The best is yet to come. Yeah, and I love how mm-hmm. how his presence on the internet is so wholesome. And again, it gives you hope, especially during a pandemic. He's been one of the most watch channels for me on youtube every time i see a, a jablinski games video i i just smile and can't wait to click on it and watch it okay i have a question for the panel if jack black were to listen to this episode what would you want to tell i'm going to quote one of his lines from a little movie that he was in called saving silverman <laughs> jack black i want to party with you i want to party with party with you (laughs) well said and as we all know he said that to neil diamond neil diamond in the movie saving silver that's a great movie too can i get a minute to think about this holy i mean i I love your your tag or your name for today's episode yeah (laughs) yeah jablinski fan underscore 69420 nice Uh, i would just simply say thank you to jack black for everything he's done I mean, we fellow actors, we know how it is to put yourself out there and just open yourself to an audience, you know, how how vulnerable that must be. And especially not knowing what might come after the criticisms. It's difficult to do. And with a man like Jack Black and all his many talents, it's just remarkable that he hasn't stopped and how he continues to just be this driving force that inspires so many people. And he's continuing to reach new audiences with Jumanji. He's great in those movies, too. Yeah. He never, I don't think I've ever seen a bad performance from Jack Black. He always gives it 110%. And he's so admirable, so inspirational. He's, like I said at the beginning, he's always been there. 
he's always been this super recognizable and super important figure growing up. I think a a perfect word to use for him is authentic because the authenticity shines through. And I think that's why we appreciate every performance, because I think he stays true to himself and he brings a little bit of himself to everything. And in a world where you're a plump actor and you're out there and you're the funny fat guy, you know, I think a lot of people who came before him and even some of his colleagues have succumbed to the pressure of Hollywood once they do make it big. We see these uh, guys who were like these funny guys who weren't perfect and then they hit big. And by the time you see them in their next movie, they have a six pack and they're all built and they've lost 60 pounds. And all of a sudden... Yeah, Chris Pratt, Jonah Hill, like, come on, like, we're seeing all these actors and they you kind of lose what made them funny in the first place, what made them so great and relatable. And then that's kind of when we get confused on how we feel about them and their, you know, and their performance just aren't as authentic anymore because they don't even really know who they are. So how are we supposed to know how to feel about that? Jack Black is the antithesis of this. He knows who he is. He loves who he is. And he stays true and authentic to who he is. And that's why we love him. He's unapologetically and unabashedly himself. And he continues to do that. He's a beacon of light. And a great friend. I mean, he's stuck with Tenacious D even before his career got kickstarted. And he's still touring with Calgas to this day part of a huge franchise like Jumanji. And I'm very excited, like you mentioned, Lori, his phase, the phase in his career where Bill Murray kind of went when kind of went Wes Anderson and all that. So I'm really excited to see him grow as an actor because I, I know he has dramatic chops. Yeah, he was in that Mooney uh, Bernie with Matthew McConaughey where like he kills his mom. Oh, I haven't seen that, that one. That's a true story. It takes place in Texas. It's not his mom. It's a woman who is a recent... He works at a funeral home. It's a woman who's a recent widow, and they strike up a friendship, and she starts to get possessive of him like a... Like a... Like a mother. A lover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, mother, lover. Yeah. It's a weird type <laughs> of possession. Yeah. And everybody said she was an awful, awful woman, and he ends up murdering her, and they try to convict him for it, but this is all true footage. Everybody in that small Texas town was like, oh, come on, but Bernie was so great. I mean, she really was an awful woman. <laughs> like, how awful does a woman have to be? And do you know that the making of that movie and Richard Linklater going and visiting him, and then they reopened the case, and he ended up, they got him out of jail. Wow. Wow. They got him out of Also, prison. Richard yeah, Linklater was... directed that movie? Mm-hmm. Wow. A little Skull of Rock and reunion. Matthew McConaughey played his lawyer. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, and I can't wait to watch it now. I'd love to be that person that writes that fantastic script for him, you know, that showcases him. Like, I would love to be that person with him at the Oscars. Like, you're welcome, Jack Black. Like, I want to <laughs> write that script for him. <laughs> Jack Black, I'm working on it. <laughs> and we can't wait for that. Love the lowering Jack Black. It's a match made in heaven. All right. Well, Jack Black, thank you. We love you. And if you're listening by any chance, I'm going to tag him in this. Yes. Go for it. If you are listening, come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. But for those listening, what are your thoughts on Jack Black? If you hate him, don't come here with that negativity. Okay? Not allowed. No, if you do, it's fine. Let us know. Let us know why, at least. 
But for those who love them, let us know too. And you can do that on our social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Cinema Show Live. Or maybe you just want to shout out. Actually, I do want to shout out a few people. I've noticed that a few listeners out there that continue to support the channel. Uh, one is Eddie Chavez. Thank you. Uh, also, I want to shout out Jesse Ochoa for sharing and commenting. He actually uh, <laughs> he said he was a an Orson Welles himself. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, never changed, Jesse. I love you. <laughs> I, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Chris Olvetta, Ryan Monroy, and uh, Ricky Martinez, the Yikes Boys. Uh, they've all been uh, working together on this web series called The Yikes. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. Uh, it's Basic Cable Productions. They have two episodes still yet to come out. Uh, there are five currently out. And every single one has been better than the last. It, it's a phenomenal series. I don't want it to end. And they've been super supportive of the show. And I, I just can't wait to see what else comes from them. Yeah, I recently uh, got up to date on uh, the Yikes series. And yeah, it's the each episode gets better and better. So shout out to them. Good job. Lori, any shout outs out there? Uh, you know who I saw recently uh, shared us not too long ago was Mr. John Guetta oh. from John Guetta Productions. And he's putting a lot of film content out there and everything. And John, we love you over here at the Cinema Show. Keep up the good work. Keep actors working and keep your creativity flowing, man. And, you know, maybe one day we'll uh, feature your works on here. Who knows? John, I want that Latusa trailer, please. I'm excited about that. One more quick shout out. Uh, someone who's been with me uh, by my side this whole time, literally every episode, literally right by my side is my uh, partner, Azure. Uh, she listens to a third of each episode uh, before it even comes out. And yeah, I just can't thank thank him enough. We appreciate I you. I love you. Oh, yeah. Like my kids or whatever. <laughs> like... And my mom, my dad, uh, God, like my- I want to thank the man upstairs. I feel like this has turned into like a, a season finale, <laughs> like we're leaving forever. Like, just want to thank God yeah. and want to thank everybody. It's- uh, yeah, I, I want to thank my kids. They're great. Uh, they've been living. Every, every time I do the show, I put them in their cage and they just love it. <laughs> they find a way to entertain themselves. And shout out to Jesse Ochoa again. And uh, little Orson Welles, I'll be your Rita Hayworth. Let's get the movie going. <laughs> Wait, I don't know about that. Wait. <laughs> Wait, no. Wait, I don't. No. <laughs> okay, well, hey. <laughs> no. Hey, I don't judge. This should be our Thanksgiving episode. We're giving thanks to Jack Black, to everybody here at the end. Thank you to everybody who's listened so far and been supportive. Yes. We can't thank you enough. Thank you to everybody. And Jackson, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. Lovely Lori, where can we find you? Baby, you can find me all sorts of places, but uh, actually, just look for me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Lori, <laughs> lovely Lori, Lori underscore Guajardo. I'm on Facebook. Go check out Pup. It has a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. It is a children's show that me and Mr. Jesse Ochoa, along with APO at Texas a University Kingsville, have just put out. has a great message, uh, and it's a nice little heartwarming tale for the kids. So check it out, everybody. And you can find me on Twitter only at dylan mm5 that's right d-y-l-a-n-m-m-5 this is the cinema show remember all films are subjective and it's all about perspective have a great day and a better tomorrow